By our natural birth, we human beings possess only the soulish suke life and the physical life, bios. But when we believed in Jesus, we were not only redeemed, we also received the divine zoe life that dwells within us. Welcome back with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church. Today's message is how to walk in abundance of life. Pastor Scott is going to share five things that Jesus' life provides for us. Enjoy the message. All right, let's begin with uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 4. John 1, 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Well, why did Jesus come? It's a good question. A lot of people have ideas as to why Christ came. Some say to establish a church, which he did. Some say he came to die for our sins and give his life a ransom for many, which he did. Uh, others say he came to destroy the works of the enemy, which he did as well. But I believe the number one reason Jesus came, he came that we might have life and that we might have it to the fullest extent. Amen. Jesus came to give us abundant and overflowing spiritual life. Let's look at John 10, 10 B. I have come that they may have life and and they may have it more abundantly. It's interesting. The word life is central to the Bible. God gave Adam the gift of life. He breathed life into him, and he became a what? A living soul. There are three Greek words for life translated in the New Testament. Number one is bios. The Greek word refers to the life of the physical body or all living things, and that is where we get the word biology. Remember that course in biology you took in high school? It is, it is a natural and human form of life. The second Greek word is suke. This Greek word here refers to psychological life of the human soul, that is the mind, will, and emotions. It's where we get the word psychology and human behavior. In many ways, the church has focused in on behavior of life rather than spiritual life. The third Greek word is zoe. And this word is, as we read in John 1, 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Here the Greek word refers to the uncreated eternal life of God, the divine life uniquely possessed by God. Zoe refers to the uncreated eternal life of God. Zoe is the God kind of life or the life that God experiences. We have that kind of spiritual life and it dwells in us as a believer in Christ. Receiving eternal life is the greatest miracle in the word of God. Let's look at John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them he gave them right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Have you received him today? Because when you receive Christ into your life, you receive eternal life. The life of God dwells inside you. God imparts his very divine nature into our spirits. Hebrews says the spirits of just people made perfect. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6.17. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So as we come to Christ, as we come to the Lord Jesus, we are joined to him and our spirit and his spirit are intertwined or they become one. We are new creations in Christ and we walk in newness of life. Old things have passed away and all things are brand new. It's all about Zoe, his life in us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. See, when we come to Christ, we become new creations. Spiritually, we become brand new. The old man dies. He no longer or she no longer exists. And now all things have become new. This is the new covenant that the prophet Ezekiel prophesied about in Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. So I will give you a new heart and put on a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you the heart of flesh. 
and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. I will put my spirit within you. When our spirit, when his spirit dwells in us, we are able to keep the statutes of God. The Bible says the commandments of God are not a burden. They're not a burden because we have the ability to keep the law of God in our hearts because we have this eternal life dwelling in us. This eternal life can be seen everywhere in the Bible. From the very beginning in Genesis, the Word of God presents the tree of life. I find this very fascinating, the tree of life. The tree of life in the Garden of Eden signifies the divine, uncreated, incorruptible, indestructible, eternal life of God, or the Zoe life. And in the garden, God gave all the trees in the garden to Adam as food, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, the day you eat thereof, you'll die. This was before Adam fell and sin entered the world. Let's look at Genesis 3.22. Then the Lord said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest we put out his hand, and, or he puts out his hand and take also of the tree and eats and lives forever. So here we see the plurality of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Unless man becomes like us and to know between good and evil. And so there was a flaming sword that surrounded the tree of life and protected uh, anyone or kept people from uh, partaking of that tree of life. And Adam was cast out of the Garden of Eden. Now, although Adam was sinless before he sinned, he possessed only the human life. He did not have the life of God dwelling in him. That's so important. So Adam is much different than we are in Christ. There is a distinction between Adam and Christ. God's intention was not just for Adam to be sinless, or innocent, but even more for Adam, which was accomplished in Jesus Christ, who became a life-giving spirit to all who believe. Now, we want to break this down in 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 49. And this is some, some more meaty essence of the Word of God, but let's take a look at it. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a, a life-giving spirit. Stop there. So the last Adam, who is Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. And... Adam was given the gift of life, human life, but Christ became a life-giving or the Zoe giver of life. Okay, Marilyn, continue. However, the spiritual is not first, but, na but the natural. And what does Adam that mean? That means what came first? Adam, who was created out of what? The dust of the earth. That is the natural. After Adam comes the spiritual, which was Christ, and his work and his provision on Calvary's cross. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who we made out of dust. And as it the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. So we have become in Christ the heavenly man or the heavenly person in the new creation. And so we are, un we are not like Adam. We are much greater than Adam because we have this spiritual life dwelling in us and we are part of the heavenly man or that which partakes to heaven itself continue and as we have become the image of the man of dust we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man so our outward existence resembles adam our physical body resembles adam but our spiritual nature resembles who jesus amen we have we bear the image of the heavenly man and we have this zoe life living in us the tree of life is seen again at the very end of the bible kind of interesting in Revelation 22, 2 and 14. 
And two, in the middle of its street, on either side of the river, there was a tree of life which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You know, I love water. I love stories about water. I love stories about the surf. And uh, here we get a depiction of heaven and the water of life flowing out of the throne of God. Isn't that amazing? And on either side is growing the tree of life, the same tree of life that existed where? In the Garden of Eden. Amen? And uh, on this tree is bearing 12 fruits, and the leaves were for the healing of the nations. And again, the tree of life is existent. Did we read uh, verse 14? All right. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. So why do we have the right to the tree of life? Because we have partaken of Jesus Christ. And when you receive Christ into your life, you have a right to partake of the tree of life, the Zoe, eternal life of God dwelling on the inside of us forever. Praise God. Well, here, because mankind fell into sin, we see God's provision of the precious blood of Christ for washing us and cleansing us from sin. So we can partake of the tree of life, the eternal life, which was God's original intention with Adam. The tree of life being mentioned in the first and last books of the Bible helps us see that, that this life, the Zoe life, is a central theme in the Bible. God wants us to see that as human beings, we would receive his eternal life. By taking his life into our life, he becomes our real life and we can express him through our living and existence. Why is it important for us to know Zoe? <laughs> Christ came that we may have the eternal divine life of God. That is vastly different from thinking Christ came so that we could have a better or improved human moral life. It's far vastly beyond that. We need to have God's view as shown in the Bible. The God who created the universe wants to share his divine life with us. And by our living by his life, we can express him. He made us specifically for this purpose. By our natural birth, we human beings possess only the soulish suke life and the physical life, bios. But when we believed in Jesus... We're not only redeemed, we also received the divine Zoe life that dwells within us. We were born again with the life of God. This brings us back to God's original intention for us, which is that we would have his life dwelling in us. God is not interested in human beings becoming more refined and cultivated by themselves in their own life and by their own effort. What he wants for us is his Zoe life to increase in us, for us to live by his Zoe life, and to live out his Zoe life. I love that. Then the riches of his divine life will be lived out and through us, and we will manifest in our lives his radiance to all people around us. Praise God. Now I want to give you five things his life provides for us. Number one, we can reign in victory. We can be victorious in this life through Christ. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. You see, you were made to be victorious. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory, even our faith. Faith is the spirit of victory. And when you're a believer, you have the spirit of victory dwelling in you. But a lot of believers don't incorporate this victory. They don't walk in the victory that's theirs in Christ. We must, by faith, receive that promise of victory in our life. We've come into a kingly or queenly state that gives us authority to rule and reign in this life through Jesus, overwhelmingly give us victory over the world, the flesh, sin, and the enemy. 
We were made to be conquerors in this life. We have dominion, and the spirit of conquest dwells in us. Number two, we can destroy the works of the enemy. 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? He also came to destroy the works of the enemy. As believers, we're to destroy the works of the enemy, destroy the works of sickness and disease and poverty and destruction and the effects of sin and, uh, and death itself. And we have the victory. Now let's look at Luke 10, 38. Behold, I give you authority to trample on the serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We have all authority and all power over the enemy. Hallelujah. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. We have divine protection, according to Psalm 91. Number three, we've been made righteous. We bear his very nature and likeness within us. This verse is hard to believe, but it's true. 1 John 3, 9. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now, I've heard some preachers say, well, that doesn't really mean what it says. Well, it <laughs> means exactly what it says. Because you have this new nature, that new nature is sinless. It's perfect. It can't sin. <laughs> Even if it wanted to, it couldn't, because it resembles the nature of God. Now, you say, Pastor, does that mean I'm perfect? No, because you still have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions. That part of you is being sanctified, being changed from glory to glory into his very nature. But the spiritual part of you has already been completed, and it is sinless before God, righteous and holy and completely pure. Let's look at 2 Peter 1.4, another astounding verse. 2 Peter 1.4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious moments, and that through these you may be the partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through less. We are partakers of his divine nature. Say, I have his divine nature living in me. I have his divine nature living in me. Because I know Christ. Because I know Christ. And Christ knows me. And Christ Hallelujah. Knows me. Praise God. And we have these exceedingly great and precious promises as we stand on the promises of God, all the promises of God are yes and amen. We receive the blessing of God in our life and no evil will touch us. Number four, we may continually freely drink of this living water, which is his very life. John 7, 37 through 39. This is a fundamental scripture when Jesus cried out at the uh, tabernacle there and uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, Tabernacles, excuse me. And there Jesus proclaimed, the living water was available to all who thirst. On the last day, the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. We've been born of the Spirit, and so the Spirit dwells in us, and out of our innermost being, out of the spiritual part of you, uh, gushes torrents of living water hallelujah that life of god flowing out of us amen number five this life gives us the ability to live a supernatural life romans 8 1 and 2 there is therefore no con no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. This is so important. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Uh, the law of, of lift supersedes the law of gravity. That's what makes an airplane fly. 
as the wind of the air moves across the wings, it creates the law of lift. As the, the uh, jet propels the aircraft, it forces it up into the air. And we overcome the law of sin and death through the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It supersedes that very law of death. And we live a supernatural life. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let's walk in his divine life and be blessed. Shall we pray? Amen. That verse comes from Isaiah 40, 31. Well, we thank you for listening to today's message with Pastor Scott Huffman. You can watch us live every Sunday at 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. Continue to listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we thank you for being a part of our ministry. Blessings. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. 